welcome to The Man Lab, where we combine science and health in the pursuit of making men great again. The average American now is overweight, with over 40% of American adults being classified as obese and 70% of American adults being classified as overweight. Now, we've had millennia where we didn't know where the next meal was going to come, so in a way, we did it. But the reality right now is we don't know if we're going to be having a high quality of life with our loved ones or if it's going to be shorter. And all of this comes down to the quality of the food and the amount of food that we are consuming today. And now apparently there is this wonder drug called semaglutide or semaglutide. The pronunciation is still up for debate. But I want to find out, is this really a wonder drug or is there something that we need to be concerned about? So if you're wondering who I am, I am the co-host of The Man Lab, Blake Doyle, and I used to be a personal trainer for 10 years back in Australia. Now, I'm in no way an expert like the guys at T-Clinics USA are. So I am here to ask those dumb questions that we all have, but we might be a little bit nervous to ask. Because at the end of the day, health is not a one-size-fits-all situation, and some things that we hear are good for us might not be, or we might not even have to do them in the first place to get the results we want. And the goal of this podcast is to give you enough information so that you know whether or not this is the right decision for you in whatever your goal is. Our expert today is Jeff Delaney from T-Clinics and Uviva Medical Weight Loss. This guy is basically a brain with muscles and over 20 years experience. He's going to help answer what is semaglutide and how does it work in the body to get these results that we are seeing? And also, is it really the wonder drug that everyone is claiming it to be? And Jeff also raises a concern that he sees with long-term use of semaglutide and what you can do to avoid this concern that he does have. So let's get into the show. What is a semaglutide? So semaglutide is, um, it's kind of in a class of medications um, called GLP-1 or glucagon-like peptide. Um, agonists that stimulate um, basically the body to release insulin or the pancreas to release insulin properly. Um, it mimics actually GLP-1 in our body. Um, so it What's helps GLP-1? Like, GLP-1 is glucagon-like peptide. Um, GLP-1 is a hormone that kind of helps lower blood sugar after you have a meal. What would be the purpose of it mimicking that? For to, and how does that stop us getting a bit of hunger from that? Well, so, you know, as far as like uh, taking a GLP-1 or uh, like semaglutide or even obviously the one for weight management now, which a lot of people know, Wagovi, um, which was just approved in 2021 for obesity and weight management, same producer of Azempic. But um, that peptide um, has a couple of like byproduct side effects that happen. It actually slows down gastric emptying. Um, which in layman's terms, food moves slower through your gastrointestinal tract, the slower food moves through your gut, you actually feel satiated. So you feel fuller longer after a meal and you feel satiated sooner in a meal, which indirectly just, it's not rocking science, calories in, calories out. People tend to eat less or consume less if they're less than what their body needs or they're, they're burning, they're going to lose weight. Mm. Um, but it does have a benefit that's kind of different um, versus like a lot of people try to compare like to insulin, insulin you know, we'll take the workload off the pancreas. This is actually improving the pancreas to release the proper amount of insulin so that the, the, you know, the carbohydrates or the sugar actually gets utilized by the cells in our body um, and gets stored away as glycogen versus deposited. I'm going to jump straight to the, the question that I know everyone is always, it's an eye roll for me, but is it a miracle weight loss pill? Um, you know what? It's funny. Um, I get this all the time or what's the next best thing. <laughs> it's such um, an annoying question. I hate asking. When that. I was listening, there's <laughs> nothing will ever in my book will ever supersede um, nutrition and exercise, right? Um, but it's probably the closest darn thing I've seen um, to, to the magic pill and not so much that it's going to do the work for you. 
um, just the, what it can do for the person, say, I mean. Get some insight into your testosterone levels for free. There is a test called the ADAM test, and what this stands for is the androgen deficiency in aging males. Now, that's a lot of fancy words to just say, finding out if you have decreasing levels of testosterone. So to do this questionnaire, all you have to do is go to bit.ly slash free Adam test. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash free Adam test. Now, if you don't want to remember that or you can't be bothered typing it, just click the link that's in the description that will take you straight to this questionnaire. So remember, this Adam test has an 88% accuracy rating. It's free and it only takes 60 seconds to complete. Now let's get back to the show. Listen, most people are lazy. Most people don't want to diet. Um, it gives people this willpower to actually, one, consume less, maybe see some weight loss success that they haven't seen before. And then hopefully, and we'll talk more about the potentials later, but hopefully make some proper changes in their nutrition and lifestyle habits mm. and, you know, keep continuing to take the weight off and, and change, you know, how they eat. Yeah. So if, you, if you're having... If you're on semaglutide and you're eating crap food, like obviously people that are overweight, they've got poor eating habits. They're eating things that are high in probably hormones, sugar, salt, all the great tasting stuff, but the terrible stuff for our, our health. If they get on a semaglutide, is it a semaglutide or just no? Semaglutide? It's 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 semag it's sem well. Some people say semaglutide or semaglutide is the actual drug name. Semaglutide. Semaglutide. So we're just, I'm just saying it completely yeah, wrong. It's okay. That's, <laughs> that, that, that's the Aussie in you. It's the Aussie. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you said the other day, I, I just talk weird. Advertisement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen, I, had a, I said a couple of things on the other podcast. So. <laughs> yeah, but you do tongue twisting words. Yeah. I don't know how you bust it out. The um, but you were talking about eating bad. So yeah, if you're if you're if you get on semaglutide or semaglutide. And you're still eating poorly. Um, will you still see results, or will it's not as great as if you were to also eat healthy? Yeah. So you know, I think that's why there's such a craze with this medication. Um, you know, people are able to take it; they consume less, they're losing weight. But then at some point, if they're still consuming the wrong types of food, um, they're eating too many carbohydrates or calories above what they need. They're not. They're gonna. It's gonna be short lived on the weight loss. Um, plus, not to mention by having you know, the byproduct of a slower, of like food moving through your gastrointestinal tract, usually high sugar, high fat, you don't feel good. Um, some of the side effects um, could be nausea, vomiting, indigestion, upset stomach, diarrhea. I always say like the Pepto-Bismol commercial. <laughs> so it's like the easiest way to understand, but it's, you know, and some of that ha is dose dependent. Um, but I do, what I've seen a lot lately is um, for the people that are using it unsupervised or not being medically cleared for it, um, and just kind of winging it or just my friend's taking it. So I bought it offline. They're taking too much. They're getting side effects. Their appetite is completely wiped out and they mm. just, they don't eat and they're losing weight, but in lies a bigger problem that's probably going to happen. And I see this happening in the future. Um, people are taking the drug. They're taking too much. They're not hungry. They feel sick, but they're losing weight and they're starving the weight off and they're wrecking their metabolic rate or their metabolism. And what happens when they stop taking that drug or that medication that's kind of pumping the brakes on how bad they could eat the minute mm. they start consuming calories above what their body can use, they're going to start getting weight. Um, and I was kind of oh, compared to like, so there's, there's a lot of people currently taking semaglutide that is unregulated and therefore they're taking too much and that's yeah. causing problems. Yeah. Well, there's a general dosing protocol from the manufacturer, um, for, for, uh, Zempic or Wagovi. Um, and it's that protocol is more geared towards like type two diabetics. Um, mm -hmm. but you have a lot of people kind of following it and it's not 
what I found, we've been working with it for a long time. It's, it's, it's patient dependent and dose dependent, depending on the person. Like it's, there's, I've seen somebody take a low dose and have really bad side effects and you get other people that you have to scale them up to a higher dose to get the same benefits. I, we always try to get the good, you know, get the appetite suppression, the satiety early, but mitigate the, the byproduct of like nausea, vomiting, um, constipation's real common because you slow food moving through. Mm. Um, you know, a lot of people that aren't screened ahead of time too, um, there are some serious health issues that could come up if they're not screened before going on it. Mm. Um, you know, thyroid medullary cancer, which is a rare thyroid um, cancer that's pretty aggressive. Um, they shouldn't do it if they're family or they have it. Um, you know, there's uh, MEN2, they call it, which is multiple endocrine neoplasia type two, which is a rare, like inherited um, condition to where the body actually uh, increases tumors in the glands and the glands start, excuse me, releasing a lot of hormones. Oh shit. And so it throws a lot of things off in the body. Um, Pancreatitis, if you're not screening, it could definitely accelerate that and cause some severe issues. Um, Kidney impairment, um, if people are dosing too much, they they get sick. Um, If they vomit and diarrhea, obviously it's gonna cause kidney stress. some people have gastroparesis, which already have a slow moving bowel and then they further slow it down and then they get backed up, mm. which is not fun. <laughs> um, so, you know, there's definitely some you should be looked at, get some labs, see a provider to make sure you don't have any of those conditions. But if taken right and under supervision um, and monitored, um, I, I think it's it's a great medication to use in conjunction with a proper diet and nutrition program. Gotcha. And so so to backtrack right back to the, I guess the inception of semaglutide, um, like how did it come across? Were they looking for this? So it's actually cool. Um, so in the 1980s, they actually started looking and they found, um, GLP peptides and they noticed uh, the therapeutic benefit that could potentially work for diabetics. Mm -hmm. Um, and they kept diving in and doing a lot more research and not until 2005, they came out with the first, um, GLP one peptide approved for diabetes management. Um, back then it was Bieta, I think from like AstraZeneca. Um, and there was a small gap. Um, it was like twice a day injection. Um, but it didn't have a pronounced weight loss effect. And so, you know, over the years, especially the last decade, there's been quite a few different um, GLPs. So just real quick, GLPs are glucagon-like peptide that mimic, um, you know, GLP-1 in the body. So, you know, it's it, there's different ones that could still stimulate, but they obviously work different. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, they um, they started, there was Liragride and Victoza and, and so, but not until recent in 2017, they started using Novo Nordisk um, produced semaglutide and it was a Zempic for diabetes. And those people, they were using it for just diabetes and they started noticing that these clients were losing a ton of weight. And I looked at a ton of different studies over the years and one of the most impressive studies I saw is is the clients on a Zempic um, within like, I think it was a 14 week study, they lost between 10 and 24 pounds. Wow. And that's not even like talking about diet, not even trying to change your diet. Mm. So, wow. That's crazy. And so um, when when people get onto semaglutide, uh, well, actually, what do you, if someone is thinking about using semaglutide, um, what do you look for to determine if they should or if it's just an, if you could use something else instead? Um, you know, I would say first you should always – if you're losing it for weight or for diabetes management, obviously you're going to need some help. And I'd rather someone use a GLP and improve 
the pancreas function. And usually anyone who uses it for type 2 diabetes, they're in a better spot when they're done um, just because the pancreas is actually working better. I, that's what I like about peptides. There's a lot of peptides out there, but, you know, they initiate responses that happen in the body that sometimes aren't happening. Um, but, you know, someone looking for diabetes, you know, it's, it's, it's a great alternative to having to kind of switch or use insulin. Um, but for weight loss, it's not really supposed to be used. So like when Wagovi launched in 2021, which is the same producer as Empic, um, they got it classed for obesity or overweight with a comorbid factor like uh, blood pressure or diabetes. And so, um, you know, they, they, there were some restrictions. So like if someone's small and doesn't have much weight to use or if they have eating disorders um, like anorexia or bulimia, I wouldn't advocate that. Mm. Um, you know, and then just once again, being screened for the potential risks with that medication before they go on that medication. So when you're screening someone to look for, because I know people that are bulimic and have eating disorders are usually very discreet about that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys know, actually probably can't say because you don't want them to, you don't want them to know the tricks. Um, <laughs> I mean, well, you know, we're in the, we're in the weight loss and hormone optimization world and we've been here for a long time. And, you know, our whole mission is to obviously change the habits first, eating yeah. and exercise. And, but you get some people that just don't know how, or they, they're kind of feel lost or they're working against like insulin resistance or they have metabolic syndrome from years of eating bad. Um, so it, it's a great tool to add for the people that have some body fat that they need to take off. But mm-hmm. for someone who's just doing it for cosmetic, I don't recommend it. I mean, there, I always look at risk versus reward mm-hmm. um, with something like that. You know, it's crazy, though, because it's kind of like the wild, wild west right now out there. There's a lot of peptide science and peptide sites online that you just buy it offline and you don't know what it is or where you're getting it from and you don't have yeah. a dosing protocol and there's no supervision. Um, I highly discourage that just because, you know, it, one size does not fit all, fit all with that medication. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, um, I've definitely noticed a lot with, I guess anything, particularly weight loss, everyone's so quick to jump on. Like, this is the thing, like this is the Holy grail. I can have my cake and eat it too and still lose weight. Oh, and you have people doing it. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, but those are the, Usually those clients will see some initial success from improvement at the pancreatic level. Um, But if their calories are still more than what they they should be Mm. consuming or if they're having severe side effects, it's going to be short lived. Yeah. Um, You know, so I always say like, you know, one of the things you've got to implement just basic like have good nutrition guidance, which we give um, and we monitor the clients, you know, weekly as they're going. So, yeah. Okay, good. So a lot of monitoring. Um, how do you take semaglutide? So there's, so most all forms of GLPs or semaglutide uh, are injectable. Um, in 2019, so Zemba came out in 2017, um, Novo, Novo Nordisk came out with uh, Rebellus or Rebellus, I can never say it. Um, it's an oral form, probably for the people that didn't want to take an injection or had needle phobia or maybe elderly and just couldn't do it. Um, but almost every form is usually injectable except for that one one. Um, version. Gotcha. And what's the difference between oral versus injection well, for the outcomes? Um, we'll think about root administration when it comes to medication. If I take something orally, I probably, it depends on my body and how I assimilate it um, versus if I inject something into my system. And an injection is a small little insulin needle. You put it subcutaneous. But if I put it directly in the body, I'm getting what I'm putting into the body mm-hmm. versus the variable of going through you know, your GI tract and the stomach. Interesting. So in most cases, you would recommend taking it injectably. Um, yeah, I like injectable. Why? Well, I, <laughs> I like injectable. <laughs> I love <laughs> <the> injection. <laughs> well, I, I like injectable because you could adjust it. Um, it's an easy adjustment. Most of the pills that come um, 
that you know from uh, the oral form, there's a seven and a fourteen mig, um, and you're not supposed to break those pills or code it a certain way, and so it kind of makes it hard to adjust the dosing it's on more that. Rigid. But on the flip side, you have someone who doesn't know what they're doing, or if they take the wrong amount of medication, you could end up vomiting for three days and Oof. pooping your pants, and you good. never know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know, I don't like pooping my pants. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, I mean. If someone is having like, have you ever had instances where people are like really comfortable with having, like they're like, yeah, I'm happy with the needles. And then all of a sudden they're like, ah, oh, shit, I can't do it. Um, I'll tell you a diabetic insulin needle. I think the hardest part for some oh, okay. person is to get over if they I'm imagining take, like a needle needle. Yeah. No, they're tiny little insulin diabetic needles. Like but my you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you a lot of people, it's crazy. Um, who's ne- who's they're used to getting shots and they have the phobia of shots, but when they actually do a, a small little insulin needle shot to themselves and there's no pain associated, yeah. it's kind of, they get over that, that hump and they're fine with it. So yeah, that's what I was saying. And the other thing too, is so like most of the, the first versions were like two shots a day by ETA. And then it went to liraglutide, which was like one shot a day. And then now as they develop the GLPs, they're one shot a week. Really? So you're talking one shot a week versus having to take a pill every day or some of the older versions, you had to take a shot once or twice a day. Huh. And so that stays in the system for a week. Yeah. Um, yeah, usually it stays active for roughly a week. Obviously, somebody who has a, maybe a better metabolic rate will go through it a little bit like quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they'll <clears throat> notice towards day five, six that their hunger starts coming back a little bit. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. It's funny you mentioned that about the um in the injectables because <clears throat> obviously doing the HGH peptides, I was saying to Josiah, uh, I think when people think about needles, they think about a blood test. And I swear it's like, I think it's the speed that people put them in. Yeah. So like they, you know, I want to be quick. I want to just get it over and done with for you like a Band-Aid. I think that's what gives the pinch to it. I'm like, oh, whereas I've noticed doing it myself, obviously this isn't to do with semaglutide, but putting it in slowly where I look at it and I just watch it slowly go in. I can barely feel it. Well, I mean, they're so small. You're talking a 30, 31 gauge needle versus when you're doing blood, you're talking like an 18, 20, 21 Uh, gauge needle. So the gauge, the size is bigger, not to mention you're going into subcutaneous fat versus going into a vein, which uh, has a little more pinch. But that's the problem is people associate a shot with pain. And so mm. for them to inflict pain on themselves is a really tough thing to do for some people, (laughs) you know? So, but once they realize they do it and they're like, that's it. Like I was yeah. sweating about to pass out for nothing. The first one is so, definitely the worst. Yeah. That's what I noticed. Like you're, the one where we did the the immune shot that you yeah. had to do. Well, that's a more yeah. That was, but that was that was still skinny. Yeah. Oh, I gave you a twenty eight gauge on that one, so it was still small. It was just so funny because it's like I was leaning it on my skin and I was so nervous, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's just, oh, it, it's yeah. in. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was very bizarre. But that's also, once in the gauge size, will make a difference in the poke or the pinch. Mm, gotcha. Okay. It's all techniques. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so with, this was, uh, I've, I've researched and I had a look and there's some, there's one of the most common questions people seem to ask was, does semaglutide cause diabetes? No. So it actually does the exact opposite. So um, most people who have like type one diabetes or, you know, their pancreas doesn't release any insulin. So they have to take an insulin product, mm. um, or someone who's maybe a type two diabetic that's, that still has some function and they're not 
following the diet and they're not doing what they need to do, that a lot of times they'll progress to having to take insulin to get the blood sugar down. Um, so it takes the workload off the pancreas. It doesn't have to work. It gets lazy with semaglutide or GLP-1s. It's actually telling your pancreas to release insulin and release insulin properly. So when carbohydrates come in, it actually releases a proper amount and allows it to get used by the body versus letting it build up. And, or, and another thing, just, you know, the GLP is actually it blocks or, or inhibits another hormone in our body called glucagon, which forces our liver to release insulin into the bloodstream. And so sometimes that's that's a problem for a lot of type 2 diabetics, and that's why the blood sugar goes higher and the A1C ends up getting worse. Interesting. So, okay. And for, for someone who's on semaglutide, should they is, – is there a particular time frame that you would – tell them they should take it and, and stop? Once again, it's going to go back to how it's being used. Um, if it's being used for type 2 diabetic management, um, for the, the clients that take it, improve their pancreas function, their blood sugar, and they're doing the other necessary things, diet and exercise, mm. um, a lot of times you'll see it improve and they could potentially probably come off, um, off that medication and they're in a better spot when they're done. For the people that take that medication and don't change nothing at all and eat Burger King and whatever else, and mm -hmm. just kind of disregard the diet side of things, most likely they're not going to, you know, it'll improve it a little bit over time, but they're probably going to be on that medication longer. If they're using it for weight management, it depends on where they need to get to get to a healthy BMI or a healthy body fat composition. Gotcha. So it's going to be dependent <clears throat> on the person. Um, you know, like if you have 15 pounds, I mean, you know, it depends on the person if it's 15 pounds for someone small or somebody big, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it just seems like, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'd be motivated. I'd be like, all right, cool. This stuff works. This is my bridge. And I want to get off this bridge as quick yeah. as I can versus like, all right, I'll have all my crappy foods and I'm just going to keep having this medication yeah. as well. You know, I, I mean, you definitely, um, you do build a tolerance over time. That's something, and, you know, with that medication, your body adapts to the dosing. Mm -hmm. um, so you typically have to keep adjusting the dosing as you go. Um, the medication, depending on how you get it, especially if you get it through insurance or a big pharmacy, it, it gets pretty pricey. So most yeah. people can't afford to do it that long. So, um, And that's when they call it a phase. Yeah, yeah pretty much. Because <laughs> their habits don't change. Okay, so um, is there... Because uh, obesity and overweight is becoming a very common thing in kids under the age of 18, I mean, you're mm. seeing it even with kids under the age of 10, uh, with semaglutide, is there the opportunity for kids to have it or is it just like, um, hey, adults only? Uh, for right now, it's not approved for under 18. I, I have a feeling it will definitely be approved at some point for, for um, adolescents. Um, we do, obviously we don't deal with anyone under the age of 18. Um, you know, and if it's an adolescent, they definitely should be treated by an endocrinologist. Um, to make sure that they're monitored. It just shouldn't be done just anywhere or buy yeah, it offline. Not a backyard deal. Yeah, no, for sure. Not <laughs> with a kid. Um, so, yeah, so it's, you know, uh, as far as age right now, it's not approved. I, I don't see why not, but, mm. you know, there's not enough study coming back showing no issues with kids. So gotcha. but it's in the works. Okay. Um, and there's a huge focus. Uh, Alex was, I heard Alex over say, uh, overheard something that Alex said, but, um, is there any example if someone wasn't necessarily overweight but wanted, I mean, you, you said weight management. 
is there something where it's like they don't need they don't want to lose a buttload of weight they just want to maintain it is semaglutide a good thing to help with regulation of diet or yeah i mean it, once again it, you know it, it it does this crazy thing that you know i always struggle with you know being in weight loss for this long is like you could give someone the best diet the best plan give them the perfect guidance but they got to execute and yeah. so it, it does give you this sense of um willpower and accountability and it just kind of just I, I, I'm actually, I've taken it before. So mm. I was before you even started using it just to kind of see the good, the bad, the ugly. Testing uh, before you yeah, get it. Yeah, always. <laughs> yeah. Listen, if, the, if if I don't believe in it, I'm not going to use it. So you're the test. Um, but I, and I'm pretty in tune with my body. It, it is pretty crazy on, um, you don't think about carbs. You don't crave carbohydrates because your blood sugar is a lot more managed. You mm. eat and you're satiated so quick in a meal. Um, but once again, it, uh, that's where I see the big problem coming over the next couple of years. Um, you know, and I hope it doesn't. I hate to see people kind of be in a worse position, but you know, you're going to have a lot of people just taking it or staying on it and relying on that medication to just keep them where they're mm -hmm. at so they could just eat like garbage. Or, or you're going to have the people that don't eat, they keep taking it, they're starving the weight off, and then all of a sudden they're, they're either going to put the weight back on and they're going to have severe, like way worse conditions um, mm -hmm. after they come off that medication. So, um, you know, I just, I, I hope that's not the case. You know, it is kind of cool. Um, there is another medication in the works. Um, it's actually out, but they're already on back shortage of it. Um, they've even advanced the GLPs to adding. It's a duo peptide that has a GLP and a GIP, which is a gastric inhibitory peptide, mm -hmm. um, which kind of further magnifies how the pancreas works when it comes to blood sugar metabolism. Yeah. Okay. Sheesh. So they're really passing these things out, huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah it's uh, there's a, a shortage isn't there like they said there's a, a yeah kind of a so so the so when Ozempica came out there really wasn't a shortage um Novo Nordisk made it um and then when they produced Wagovi and all of a sudden now anybody who's overweight here you go mm. it flew off the shelves and people yeah everybody <laughs> I mean it's not even in the I mean it's all over over the world I mean there's mm -hmm. tons of people using it and so you know, the manufacturer can't keep up with production and they make it into a click pen. So it's harder for them. So there's no shortage of the drug or the medication or the, the GLP peptide. Um, there's a shortage by that manufacturer. That's the main one that produces it. So. Gotcha. And so um, do you think they're going to, I mean, they're getting on top of it and should people be concerned? Cause I, I guess the big narrative is that it's taking away from the diabetics yep. is it or is it more just you know the supply yeah not you know i mean there's a lot of with them not being able to produce it open the door for other pharmacies to be able to make it to kind of fill the gap for the, for those patients that need it um obviously they can't get it through insurance through the brand name so it sometimes it's going to be a lot more cost effective um but it's it, it's just them in production time probably getting back on track um, so I, but it, it's hard because I think it's kind of picked up so much and it's talked about everywhere. Mm. So, um, I don't know if they'll ever get back in line to be able to keep up with the demand that's out there for yeah. it. Cause it only seems to be growing as well. Like, yeah. I mean, well, I, I, say, I, I got 200 million Americans are overweight yeah. and you have no like, shortage. And it's only getting worse. It's only getting worse, especially well, if they open up the kids as well. Yeah. Like you said, well, you know, and it kind of just proves my points you know, Wagovi came out in 2021. Um, just recently Terzepatide, which is Manjuro came out and they're already on back. They're on shortage. Jeez. Um, so they can't even, they're, they, they're, 
behind on production to be able to get it out. Gotcha. Um, but it's not, a, I, I don't really consider GLPs a crucial diabetic medication. Once again, I think insulin's a, a crucial, like if you're type one diabetic, you don't got insulin, you're going to die. Mm. Right. Yeah. Whereas like if, if you don't have your GLP, like you're, it, it's not like you're going to, you're going to die in a year or two years. I mean, definitely you should probably change your diet until mm. you get back on the GLP, <laughs> but, um, it's not, a, I don't consider it a crucial diabetic medication. And there's other options too. There's other GLPs that will help with blood sugar, just maybe not as much with the weight loss. Okay. You know, that's cause that's the difference between some of those other GLPs, you know, you have Trulicity actually worked really well. Um, Liraglutide or Victoza, um, worked well, um, for, for A1C, pulling the A1C down, fasting glucose down. It just didn't have the same weight loss effects and i just think it wasn't as pronounced to the gut the slow gastric emptying yeah okay and so um with your with we're going way back the the protocol of like the the prepping what is it you kind of look for do you look for lifestyle you look for um you know any sort of thing that you can do before you even just like is is semaglutide like a last resort or is it um, well, so I kind of look at it this way is like, if you're type two or you have the potential for type two or, or a family history or potential for type two diabetes, um, you know, you, you definitely are going to struggle a little bit harder. You still do it through diet and exercise, yeah. you know, reducing carbohydrate intake. But <clears throat> unfortunately, a lot of people, that's where they struggle in life is to be able to kind of like get, get on that and get it done. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um. Rephrase that question because I just lost where I was going. <laughs> where we're going? Um, just like where you are sort of like with the screening process oh. before you determine whether or not they're going to have it. Okay. Yeah. As far as, I mean, for us, you got to remember, we're not really working um, diabetes management. I'm doing weight loss management. We dose it completely do different than like what they use for diabetic protocol. Mm. We're trying to use it to be a complement to the things that we do at the program, which is teaching them nutrition, um, how to make, you know, proper lifestyle habits and then use it as a complement to make the program a little bit easier to be able to help them adhere to the program to get the job done. But ultimately why they're on it is we're changing like not skipping meals, stay in a calorie deficit, but don't go too low to where you're not eating. Like mm -hmm. all the fundamentals that most people were never taught growing up, you know, we weren't taught basic nutrition in school. You know, I, I did because I, I like, I had a passion for it and I stayed in it, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, so the goal is for, you know, we try to, to really instruct and teach those clients, but it's been amazing. Our results have like doubled with people. It's really, and it's, and I don't think it's so what much the drug doubled, as in like, like in, re, in results in the program versus when we didn't have it in the program. Mm. Um, and it's just, it's just adherence to the plan. Gotcha. Nothing's going to supersede sticking to the plan, yeah. you know, as far as a proper <laughs> plan, a plan that's set right. Yeah. And is, is Jude your most insane, uh, result yeah jude um jude is by far probably our biggest accomplishment mm -hmm. um you know it's funny um Cause what's he done now just a quick reminder guys if you haven't done the atom test it's bit.ly forward slash free atom test it's free it's 60 seconds much longer than my sex life and also it's uh 88 accuracy rating to find out if you have low testosterone and what you can do after that so bit.ly forward slash free atom test let's get back to the show um, he, well, he was down a total, a little over 300, 300 um, pounds. but now he's on the flip side. Cause he's, he's lost two of me. Yeah. Almost. Well, just so you know, he lost a couple hundred pounds. He did a hundred pounds and kind of fell off and put it back on and lost hundred pounds and put it back on. And then we finally got three off him. Um, he kind of, you know, his starting weight. 
Um, I think it was five. I think Fives? Was, yeah, he was in the fives. Jeez. But he was down at one point to 218. Now he's, I think, up to 240 because he's, he's we optimize hormone therapy now. He's at that age. Um, he's training. His food's immaculate. Yeah. Like, it's nice to see that he flipped the switch. He's and, a big boy. Yeah. Five, 500. Yeah. Jeez. And so, so for him, I mean, obviously he had some battles and I mean, we're going to touch on this on a, in his episode, but I just find it so fascinating that it was the semaglutide. Is that, was the semaglutide the inception of his thing or was it habits first and then you built on that? Yeah, fundamentals, um, kind of get him in the groove, kind of set the foundation. Um, you know, through the program, we use certain things and different protocols to try to break plateaus, keep the metabolism engaged. Um, but once we were able to use semaglutide, it mm. was definitely a great, it just to get that, sometimes getting that last little bit off. And that's why I don't think it's not just for like the obese or the morbid obese. I think you have people that are carrying 15, 20 pounds that just there and they can't get it and they're just lost and they're mm. struggling and they're just, they can't buckle down to get that last little bit off and then kind of maintain it from there. So I think it, it, it's great towards the tail end. Um, and two, what I personally think when that first, like I started hearing about the GLPs years ago, I, I think that medication's most beneficial i guess towards the end of a program where most people mess up because mm. you're going to die you're going to be in a calorie deficit you're going to lose some fat if you lose it the wrong way starving obviously you're going to put it on back faster if you don't kind of reverse diet out of that and pick the metabolism back up um so it gives you kind of you're able to give this person that willpower when you start putting them on their own and they're kind of not having the weekly guidance you could kind of still control their appetite as their food goes up slowly so you get their metabolic rate picked back up get them back to a good amount of food and then they just manage it from there yeah. so it's i think it's like the an amazing after weight loss type thing to be able to kind of get back to normal life interesting that that's probably backwards compared to what most people do yeah no they most think, people are like it's, it's it, going to do the drug take it off you yeah, but they don't do the fundamentals yeah okay so the the moral of the story is use it as a tool not I yeah. guess the be all and end all. Mm. All right. Have we got, have we, is there anything else we need to touch on? Some of the, I feel like I've learned a buttload. The rule of this Marvel story is it rocks, yeah. but use it wisely. Oh, I, I, you, you brushed on it earlier a little bit. And um, I just want to reiterate for anyone who's listening. Um, the long, t like go through again, just in case it brushed over people's uh, heads listening. Um, what are, your perceived long-term concerns about semaglutide. Right. So my main concern, and it's kind of what we talked about, is you have a lot of people seeking the med out, not trying to make any changes. They're going to take this medication to take weight off them. Most people, what happens is they're just not hungry. They don't eat. They lose a ton of weight. No different than a gastric bypass or a gastric sleeve. So when people get a gastric bypass or sleeve, they either get the sleeve or they get the bypass and they're told to eat so little or they can't eat much because it's restrictive, right? And they always feel full and satiated and they lose weight because they go in a deep calorie deficit. But then, you know, at, at a certain point, they're malnourished. Um, they kill their metabolism and now they get to the point where they're not eating much food. They're not gaining weight, but the minute they eat the slightest amount of food, they start putting weight back on. Mm. And so, you know, I think you're going to have a lot of people taking this drug, not making the changes, go back to normal life and they're going to end up bigger than they were before they started. Yeah. So it's important. So that's my biggest assistance with it. Yeah. Yeah. I that just, makes sense. I just, that's the only thing I could drive home is like make the, use it as a tool to make the changes that need to happen to be able to not only take it off, but keep it off the rest of your life. Yeah. For long-term yeah. success. All right, perfect. Well, there you have it, guys. 
that is what semaglutide is. I've learned a lot. Semaglutide. Yeah. Apparently, there's there's twelve different ways to yeah. say it. <laughs> there's the Aussie version and there's yeah. the right version. Uh, so make sure you subscribe to the Man Lab. Uh, Jeff will be on a lot more, and uh, we're going to be just constantly focusing on making men great again. Have a good one, please. <laughs>